What is up? Welcome to another episode of Beauty in the Breakdown, a podcast meant to lift you up, to build you up, and encourage you, to enlighten you so that you can know and flow and grow in the things that God has in store for you or anybody that you can talk to about God. That has become the theme for this show, just by automatically spitting things out. Uh, I like to start shows out with playing clips that I find. Uh, I find the most amazing people sharing their stories all the time, and I want this show to be primarily geared toward the uh, prompting on the inner self for being obedient to God and what that actually means. And I talk all the time, as I mentioned on the last episode, about you know, the things of God, you know, like living in peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, rather than chasing sinful desires and being numb through alcohol or numb to the fact that, you know, there's a higher power or however you like to put it. Whatever your curiosity is aiming you towards, you are here for a reason, and all things do happen for a reason, as I believe life was planned out, made good to go, and we're all called to repentance, to to focus on God, to know who He is, and the only way to get to know who He is is by denying ourselves and looking to Him. Um, I want to play a clip of a guy that is uh, fairly new in the faith, and he just talks to God on a regular basis while driving his car. He talks out loud. He likes to just you know develop a good friendship with him, and things are happening in his life. And you know, uh, well, just. Just check this out. Actually pray out loud. I go, hey God, and I'm brand new to this God thing, so I don't even know how this works, but I'm like, hey God, I can't wait to learn how to share you with others, and if you want to use me, even on this drive, use me. Like a minute later, there's this hitchhiker on the side of the road that I see, big dude, big duffel bag, but I just kept feeling in my soul like you should go back, you should go back and pick him up, and I didn't know that's how God can, through his Holy Spirit, nudge you to do it, so I, it wouldn't go away, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go back and get this guy, and so I did one of those unauthorized vehicles cannot turn around the little highway. I did it. Figuring if you do it for God, you won't get a ticket. <laughs> he gets in my car. And the whole time I keep feeling like God wants me to tell him about it. And so finally I can't, and I don't know how to do this, but I finally just said something like this. I don't remember exactly, but I'm like driving. I'm like, hey, Joe, do you, do you ever like think about spiritual things? You know, what kind of line is that, right? But I throw that out and Joe goes, I can't believe you just asked me this question. And then I'm like, oh no, he doesn't want to talk about this. And I just go, well, why is that? You will not believe this. He goes, my life is a wreck right now. And I don't believe in God, but man, I don't know what to do. And I'm standing on that highway a few hours ago and I look up to the sky and I say, hey God, if you're real, send me one of your followers to tell me about you. And he looks at me and he goes, would that be you? And I go, yep, that'd be me. He gave his life to Jesus in my car on a highway in Florida. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a verse in the Bible that said God strategically places you to shine, and I look back and like, God placed me in Joe's life strategically. It's just this beautiful moment that I remember right there, it's like, God can use me? Mm. And here's what we're here to tell you, God will use you. You know, I have always loved the little things that make the biggest difference. Uh, God knows that part about me and uses me 
in a lot of those areas. Um, it's like things collect and collect over time and then I can turn around and just look and see how beautiful the big picture is rather than something magnificent happening all the time. And then I end up, you know, you know, taking things for granted and thinking those big massive things were just, you know, ah, nothing. I have little moments all the time that happen and I, it, it, they're faith boosters. That's what I like to call them. I was at a show uh, at a pretty big venue this past weekend, uh, I went to go see the Bouncing Souls in Atlanta. I've never been to the new Masquerade before. That place is awesome. But anyway, um, we're up in the the front area of the show, and the Swing and Utters are playing, which is one of my favorite bands. And um, you know, the pit was going pretty strong, and there were a couple of big monster drunk dudes in there, and they were pushing the wrong people around. And they were even going to the outside of the pit and just grabbing people and pushing them. And, you know, that's that's disrespectful because, I mean, there's, you know, there's there's women and children and, you know, people up there trying to, you know, see the pit, see the show. And you ain't got to go grab somebody that's not in the pit. I mean, you can accidentally fall into them. That's going to happen if you're up there. So let me go ahead and throw that out there. You know, well, I shouldn't be up there. That's dangerous. Yes, it is. But people still go. So, um, I saw these, um, these big monster drunk dudes. Um, I mean, they were huge. I'm talking like ogres and, um, you know, they were just up to no good. And the area that we were standing was kind of close over to the, to the right side facing the stage. And I saw these dudes just, you know, mistreating people. And so I just felt an urge to pray and for it to be stopped without, you know, any confrontation, uh, especially in the area where we were, because I did spot a lot of smaller children that weren't on the outer circle of the pit, but these dudes were breaking that outer circle line and going into areas that they had no business going into. Maybe they were just trying to make the pit more, you know, active and bigger and whatever they're trying to do. I don't know that they were drunk. So what's the matter? Um, but I just said, I said, Lord, in Jesus name, don't let anybody on this side get hit. And sure enough, within two seconds, this other monster dude that was not in that pit came around and stood right in front of the area that the other two dudes that were in the pit could have just barreled through and really caused some harm to some folks. And I was just like, I love those moments like that. I didn't see this guy. I had no idea where he came from. I even turned and I looked at my wife and I told her that, you know, that's, that's crazy. That's wild, you know? And I love it. I, I love it so much. Um, I said that out loud and the show was going on and I don't think anybody heard me. I don't care if they did or if they didn't, but, uh, that was wild. Another incident happened at the show. Um, someone fell during the pit and busted their head pretty good. Uh, they had to stop the show. Um, and it was when the balancing souls were actually playing. So headline time, everybody's crunched to the front shows going pretty good. The songs are great. It was a fast one. 
and um, somebody fell. We saw arms up in the air telling the band to stop, telling the band to stop playing, and then, you know, Greg, the singer of Bouncy Souls, was like, somebody's hurt. So they were yelling. They had flashlights going. It looked like they couldn't pick the dude up. Um, and I saw a girl over to the right with her eyes closed, and I knew that she was praying. I knew it. And I started praying. And I just remember, I think I prayed something like, Lord, let this man get on his two feet and get out of here. And sure enough, they picked this dude up. He stood on his two feet and he had the biggest knot I have ever seen on the back of his head. It looked like someone cut his skin open and stuffed a light bulb in there and then sewed it back up. That's what it looked like. But sure enough, the dude got up on his feet and walked out so that he could go get the medical attention. They didn't carry him out, which is, which is amazing. All that being said, I like the faith the size of a mustard seed. I like the conversation with God and the real relationship with God. He does hear us, and he does pay attention to how we feel, especially if it's for others. I think living in the grace of God is the most amazing thing. And grace is, you know, it's truly undeserved favor on our behalf. Just as we are saved by grace, we should love and live by grace. Living for God in our own strength is impossible because through God, all things are possible. Whenever people hear the word obedience, it's kind of like they hear the word repentance. It's like they immediately shun it and they feel like something's trying to overtake them and it's just not their place and living for themselves is quite frankly the best way to go because they can see themselves, they can feel themselves and they know themselves. But to throw the self away and to actually dive into believing in something else besides yourself and accepting that to come into you and live through you is quite a challenging puzzle to put together. A lot of people have to come to the end of their ropes to accept God. A lot of people have to see a miracle uh, or, you know, as Thomas, one of the disciples, when Christ, you know, reappeared after the resurrection, you know, he was like, I ain't going to believe it's you unless I stick my finger up in that thing, you know, and, and you know, and unless I put, you know, touch the mark of the nails and, you know, whatever. But I, I just ain't going to believe it, even though everybody was running to him saying that he's risen, he's risen. And they saw him. But he was like, nope, nope, I don't think so. Mm-mm, no, sir, I ain't going to believe that. You know, I doubt Thomas talked like he was from South Carolina, but I digress. I think I'm starting to feel a different level here in my faith, which is quite comforting and quite challenging. I feel like I'm getting out of my comfort zone. And let me explain this. I mean, like, um, rather than being a doubting Thomas... And like I said in that other episode where there are certain things that come into my life and I try to test them and make sure they're real because I am skeptical on a lot I am skeptical on a lot of things and I just don't feel like everything has its place with me. So I evaluate and I vet things and I make sure 
that they are good to go for me on certain levels. But then again, right when those things start happening to me, I feel like certain things are floating my way that I need to operate in and just like the saying goes, obey God and leave the consequences to him. If I tell you the story about what happened at that show or the stories about the two times that we prayed, then it's easy for you to say, well, that's just coincidence, isn't it? Wow, what a coincidence that that happened. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Since that I pray for people and I pray for things, those coincidences sure are happening a lot more. So you call it a coincidence, I'll call it God. When I feel something on my heart to extend the power of prayer towards someone where prayer is needed in a situation, and then it works. There's something, when you walk away from that, you don't feel like you did it. You know, like it's your power. You got the power. You got the faith. You don't feel like that. Honestly, I felt like I was obedient. And I was glad in that moment because that other lady that I saw over there praying and then it made me want to pray. And I know that when two or more gather and pray, I don't know who she was praying to, but I just knew it. So I decided to pray and I think it made a difference. I know it made a difference. I saw it make a difference. If I would have been in that situation and I would have said, if I would have felt a prompting in my heart to pray and I would have just asked myself, why? Why do I need to do that? God knows everything is going to happen. And then I don't do it. I can only hope that he would just turn to somebody else in the room and be like, you do it. My guy over there, he's, he's not coming through. But with God, all things are possible, right? So why doesn't he just come down and Heal the man. Why don't Kenneth Copeland bust through the wall like the Kool-Aid man? Oh, yeah. Whoa! He just burst through the wall. You find yourself arguing with God? Usually, if you argue with God, you're in the wrong place. A true believer will crucify or put to death the question why. He will simply obey without questioning, and I refuse to be one of those people who, unless see miraculous signs and wonders, will never believe. I will obey without questioning. I was so thankful in that moment that I obeyed without questioning. I didn't want to question. I sensed the emergency. I saw everything come to a halt. I knew that the only way out of this situation was through the help of the people that were already giving this man assistance and those that couldn't make it up there had a duty and an obligation to seek their maker for assistance. And it worked. And I believe that with my whole heart. I'm not going to run from any situation like that. As a matter of fact, you know, developing a prayer life is... um, Situations like that are, 
are critical. Um, I I think about other times when you know I sense emergencies and I sense things that aren't good um, going on in life. Like every time I pass an ambulance or a fire truck, or or if they pass me, or if I pass an accident, I always pray for the people that are involved. I pray for uh, the people that are involved in the accident. I pray for people, the first responders, and I pray for the passerbys that no one gets put in danger by you know rubbernecking. Uh, road rage doesn't develop, and it just goes on and 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 on because of the things that happen around here, especially in a state where people can't drive and they're zooming past an accident at 70 miles an hour, or somebody's on their phone behind somebody that's rubbernecking, and then they can you know. So yeah, prayer is important. Servitude is important. Obedience is important. Promptings from the Spirit are important. You tend to gain these things as you move forward in life pursuing God. And it's just the obedience and the grace and the love and repentance. And through repentance, which is that other episode, so much good comes from it because you just, every door that you close, you open up another door, and you keep walking. And then you end up coming into more sin and things in your life that maybe isn't as bad as the sin that you originally repented of, but, you know, we don't see God for a reason. Physically see God. We can feel Him, though, and we can see His creation all around us, and we can learn to operate in it. And that is the beautiful part I'm telling you, man, we in our bodies, if we saw God every day, we would take it for granted. I know this because I have been to Telluride, Colorado and sat at Baked and Telluride eating the most beautiful bagel I have ever had. Beautiful, tasty bagel I have ever had. And on that porch, you're looking up at a mountain with a waterfall coming through its turns and twists down into the town, forming a river that splits the town in half. And I'm sitting out there eating my bagel, and I hear a man and his wife walk by and say, I think it's time to leave this place. I don't care anymore. I don't know the details of what led to that statement that flew out of his mouth, but I can honestly say that that is taking something for granted, clearly. Look at Moses in the desert for 40 years with those Israelites. Read that story. They took it for granted. They turned, they griped, they complained when by day they had a pillar of smoke to blot the sun out, to give them shade. They had bread falling from the sky. At night, they had a pillar of fire that lit up a nation of people. And they still turned, complained, And here we are sometimes, we're like, why doesn't God show himself? Where is 
God, you know, and people can be just just awful buttholes that haven't been wiped in a long time and they're itchy and moody and they stink. And, you know, I don't want to see God. I mean, nah, I'm terrified of it. But I like the fact that I have invited him in and uh, he's he's... He's changing me, and he's doing some marvelous things. Uh, I I like where I'm at right now. I, of course, I want to see God, okay? I'm talking like right now. I'm talking right now. Like if, if me and this body saw God, it would not be a good thing. I, I just, We can't take Shut it your eyes, because he's so awesome and he's so pure. And if you read upon that, it's, it's all in the Bible. We can go there on a different day. But I just wanted to throw out the servitude and the obedience, the ultimate servant. What is the ultimate servant? You know, Christ, you know, Jesus said that, you know, he came not to be served, but to serve, to do the will of the Father, to be the sacrifice. And if you look at the amount of love that that man had and that he put on to others and the honesty and the power that flowed through him. He truly was the son of God that came to save the world from its sins. And he is the only one that can do that. Going back to obedience, instant obedience is the only kind of obedience there is for delayed obedience is disobedience. What if I would have stood there again and not prayed when I felt I needed to pray. What would have happened? Number one, I know personally, I would have turned around and instantly regretted that situation. I would have regretted how I thought, how I lived, and hopefully it would have put me into another situation where I could have redeemed myself for that. But no, like I said, I'm to the point where if I feel something of that magnitude inside of me prompting me to do so, I want to do it. I never followed up on a story about a woman that I met in Publix. The woman that smashed my eggs! I was coming home from band practice one night, and it was about 10 o'clock. I felt uh, a, a need to pray for that woman, as I have always prayed for that lady. Uh, ever since the situation uh, came up where she was just angry because I left my my groceries in the basket and put it up onto the belt because the belt was getting full and I just, you know, thought it would just make more room for others. So, you know, yay me! But she hates it when you leave the groceries in the basket. So, to you know, to get you recalled up with the story, if you haven't heard it before... She takes the groceries out of the basket and slings them, boop, and they go, you know, over. And I had eggs and a big old thing of extra virgin olive oil. So she did the eggs first, boop, and slid them over. And then she got the extra virgin olive oil and boop, and then and slung those suckers so hard that it smashed five eggs. I didn't find out until I got home. I was real irritated about that. But 
my wife had warned me about her and I've never seen her up until that moment. And it, you know, put the two and two together. So, um, yeah, I, I went back one night after band practice because I needed to go to the store and I was walking up in there and I just had this overwhelming feeling that I was going to run into this woman. And I just had, um, just a good feeling, you know, like if you don't go in there, you're, you're not going to get another opportunity. So I went in there. There she was. There she was. So I grabbed what I needed to grab. And I put all the stuff in my basket. And when I got up to the line, there was nobody behind me this time. So I took all the things out of my basket. And I put them onto the belt. And she patiently and very nicely grabbed each and every single item and booped it. And I looked at her. And I, I read her name tag, and I called her by name, and I just said, Hey, my name is Billy, and I just wanted to know if I could pray for you about anything, anything you need whatsoever, because God has been so good to me that I would just like to extend it to somebody else. And she looked at me, she took her eyes off what she was doing, and I could tell in her face that she was tired that she was frustrated and that she was just just at an end and she looked at me took a big deep breath and instead of cussing me out or just telling me nah good she looked at me and just said i really could use some joy some financial rest and some peace and i said I'll do that. I'll pray for you. Now, it's been it's been a month and a half, and I've only seen her one time after that, and it was so busy in there that I have not gotten the chance to go up and say anything to her. But I made contact with her, and I was so hoping to. And in that moment when I was going to the store that night, I felt a hesitation about even going up in there because you get nervous when you think about these things. And, oh, my God, what if I do run into her and I'm the only one in line? Oh, what's going to happen? <laughs> but you know what? I did go in there, and it was 930 at night, and I did grab my stuff, and I was the only one in line, and I had a moment to talk with her. And I had that moment again that I could seize the opportunity, and I could take hold of it, and I could just make contact with the person. And I, I talked in that other episode about how I wanted to be that person. I want to exercise those things and become stronger at that. Because I believe a good work can be done from a distance. You ever call somebody and make them feel better? Well, you can pray for somebody and then amazing things will happen in their life. But when you feel a prompting from the Spirit of God to do so for someone, do it. Do it immediately. Each time God calls upon us to do something, he's offering to make a covenant with us. Our part is to obey, and then he will do his part to send a special blessing. The only way to be obedient is to obey instantly. I know we often postpone doing what we know to do, and then later do it as well as we can. Certainly, this is better than not doing it at all. By then, however, it is at best only a crippled, disfigured, partial attempt toward obedience. 
postponed obedience can never bring us the full blessing God intended or what it would have brought had we obeyed at the earliest possible moment. So, what if Jesus was sitting there in the garden of Gethsemane, right? And he's he's praying so hard that he's sweating drops of blood. Dude is stressed. He's feeling it. He's right up against that hour where the Roman soldiers are coming for him. Judas has already betrayed him and they're ready to go to seize him to take him to the high priest to start the whole process. What if instead of saying, you know, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me but not my will be done, but yours. You know, as he was being tempted in the desert, you know, Satan basically told him, you know, you can call your angels right now and they'll come pick you up on a little, on a little moped and they'll take you back up there. You ain't got nothing to worry about. You know what I'm saying? But that's not the case. He said, get away from me, man. I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Hey, Jesus, you want to come with us? No? Okay, bye-bye. So what if... Jesus in the garden said, well, you know, I, I, I'm just a bit stressed right now and I'm just not feeling this and I'm a little paranoid and I'm worried about it. And I just, maybe, maybe let's do it tomorrow. You know, I'll do it tomorrow. I praise you, Lord. And I thank you for all that you've done for me. But, you know, I'm just not ready right now. And I just think that maybe tomorrow would be better. Okay. In my name, I pray. Bye-bye. What if you would have done something like that? You know, it God doesn't procrastinate in his in his scripture. When he speaks, he speaks. And I think that Jesus being the ultimate servant, it's proof right there. And throughout all of his miracles, it's proof of the things that he did out of love. Because they expected Messiah to come. The Jews expected Messiah to come to reign and be righteous and take over the nation and sweep out the evil and do justice, you know, and strike down with lightning like a lot of people think that God is, like the man in the chair, like I described in that other episode there. But no, he came and served. He had nowhere to lay his head. He was a drifter. Uh, Let's just say he was on tour, but he didn't have a bus. Um... And everything that he did gave something. It's always like that with God. Everything that God does gives something. He gave man dominion over the earth. And he gave us life so that we may have life more abundantly. And through the cross and the sacrifice that he did. So we don't have to worry about the sin that could send us to hell. We just have to live and trust and believe in the cross that he suffered so that we can live forever. And when you focus on the cross and you focus on Christ, 
you start to focus on other people because you care. He's the ultimate servant. He is the ultimate obedient servant. And we should all strive to be like him. We will never be like him until we see him face to face. But our life should be the best example of what we can do to be like Christ. And we can choose to go that way. And we're all going to fail. We all fall short of the glory of God. He knows it. We know it. You shouldn't seek out perfection in people because you're going to see the dark, dirty, dingy areas and you're going to be like, he's not like Jesus. And if you think that way, I'm sorry you think that way, but it's not going to do you any good. The main thing that you can do for people that are trying to be like Jesus and that are miserably failing at it is you could pray for them. You could be obedient in that area and you can serve in that area. That's servitude. That's being obedient. That's being that's serving. I had a friend of mine uh, contact me in the AM hours. Uh, somebody I love very much. I'm going to keep it personal, but they asked me the question, how do I spread the good news without sounding like a zealot or annoying people that are close to me? Or should I even care? I gave a stranger a ride home today. A very tall and intimidating black lady. I helped a frail old white lady with her broken down van. Yet someone that he knows and loves very dearly is annoyed by it. And it's hurting him. Because he's so excited about it. And I can only imagine as he is daily expressing his excitement and his experiences and this person's just rolling their eyes or something i don't know the details of the annoyance but that hurts yeah i sent him some scriptures in isaiah 61 jesus read this in the temple it says the spirit of the lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. That was Isaiah 61. Uh, and then I skipped over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, I highlighted this for him. 
In the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instructions. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. You see, serving can go in many areas. I think that I served him by encouraging him. It says in Proverbs that iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. What's wild is the timing of all this, because I wake up this morning, I get up, I make my coffee, I do my normal stuff, I sit down to read, and my reading this morning is Isaiah 61 through 66, and then flipping over to 2 Timothy chapters 3 and 4. And I get that message on my phone as I'm walking to sit down and I'm reading it and then those words appear. Isn't that amazing? I'm highlighting things and I'm, I got tears running down my face because I just feel like I need to share that with him. I needed to be obedient and I needed to serve him with those words of love. And sometimes it's that little thing that makes the biggest difference. I read this this morning in the intro um, to the book of John. I haven't started the book of John yet. I've read it like 60 times, but every time I read it, it just gets better. But I flipped over to John to go ahead and bookmark for tomorrow morning. And I just felt, felt something in me just telling me, you could read the intro a little bit. Go ahead, do it. You know, so I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. And so I would just like to close with these two little paragraphs into the Gospel of John. It says, He spoke, and galaxies started to twirl. Stars burned in the heavens, and planets began orbiting their stars. Words of awesome, unlimited, unleashed power. He spoke again, and the waters and the lands filled the planets and creatures, running, swimming, growing, and multiplying, words of animating, breathing, pulsing life. Again he spoke, and man and woman were formed, thinking, speaking, and loving, words of personal and creative glory. Eternal, infinite, unlimited, he was is and always will be the maker and the Lord of all that exists. And then he came in the flesh to a speck in the universe called planet Earth. The mighty creator became a part of the creation, limited by time and space and susceptible to aging, sickness and death. But love compelled him. So he came to rescue and to save those who were lost and give them a gift of eternal life. He is the word 
He is Jesus. He is the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. So until next time, in Jesus' name, peace be with you. <laughs>